You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers' Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 177 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Alison Tate. What's been happening in the world of Al? Uh, well, it's been an exciting week. Um, yes. The uh, So the Very Mapmaker Chronicles is, is out in the US. It's, you know, out there in the world. So it's now yes. in the UK, the US, Australia, Lithuania. Oh, you know, it's, um, it's kind of interesting just watching Quinn go to all these places yes, without me. I'm a bit disappointed so I'm not with him going to all these places. Yeah, right. <laughs> my boys are like, my boys are like, when do we get to do the world tour, Ma? You know, like what's going on here? Um, unfortunately, not yet. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's a really, it's it's a very strange feeling, you know, knowing that they're just out in all of the places. It's um, yeah. pretty, pretty exciting, really. Very you exciting. You don't think That's about so it. Cool. Like you write your book and you hope, that someone else in the whole world will like it. And then, yes. you know, and then it sort of goes out in Australia and people like it and then suddenly and New Zealand and then, you know, it's um, gradually, gradually, gradually. And it's such a slow process too. I think, you know, we, we often only see the stories about the people, you know, who get the million-dollar advance and, and sell into 28 territories in the first five minutes and, you know, auctions yeah. and things like that. But for lots of books, it's a much, much slower process and it's, you know, mm. bit by bit by bit. Um but it doesn't make it any less exciting. Absolutely. Really. That's yeah. just brilliant. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Very so cool. It's been, Very cool. Yeah, it's been that kind of week. I've done a lot of, uh, you know, I've been doing quite a lot of just social media stuff and just, yes. you know, online, you know, and I'm in the, you know, I just remember I talked last week about how I had a lot of stuff to catch up on. Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> I'm up. still catching up. I'm still <laughs> catching up. But we have a big shout out to Cam the Human. <laughs> Cam the Human. Hello, Cam the Human. <laughs> Cam the Human uh, has left us a review on iTunes and called it the podcast I've been looking for. Oh, Oh, that's cool. Uh, And Cam the Human has said, Hi Val and Al, I've just found your podcast from episode 172 via Twitter. You've got so much of us to listen to. (laughs) As a fellow Aussie writer and being in the midst of writing my third book in a self-published series, I've already learned so much of the business-related expectations in this industry from you both. It's incredibly inspiring, so thank you for providing such great advice and help for passionate, aspiring authors such as myself. Oh, great. You're welcome, Cam the Human. Thank you yes. so much for um, letting us know that we're we're what you've been searching for. That's kind of a nice feeling, Val, isn't it? Yes. Thank you so much, Cam the Human. We really appreciate it. And if any other listeners have, uh, you know, a few seconds to uh, leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Mm. Now, 
This particular episode is a mini-sode, but it's dedicated to you guys, the listeners, because we get a lot of listener questions. And if you would like us to answer your question, uh, hopefully it's about something related to do with writing, then... You can ask about that rope art if you want. Yeah, if you want. She's quite the expert (laughs) these days. That's right. Then email us podcast at writerscentre.com.au. That's podcast at writerscentre.com.au. But we usually drop these mini-sodes in between our regular programming uh, and this mini-sode is coming to you in our regular spot. So we will be back to normal programming next week. So we have a bunch of listener questions, but before we get to our listener questions, I want to talk about our giveaway this week. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Now this giveaway is um is very cool, and they uh, it, this giveaway is uh their book maps. So <gasps> this is what? we are two to give away. Yes. Why am I not just getting one of these automatically? I, I don't know, understand. right? You I get know. no see, you get no preferential treatment around here at all. Like here I am <laughs> co-hosting away, and the books come up, and their book maps, and do I get them? I do not. They go out to you guys. See how selfless we are. Oh. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> well, and this outraged. Is, this okay, is from so a website outraged. called We Are Dorothy. And you can check them out at wearedorothy.com, but we'll also have the link in the show notes, which you can find at soyouwanttobearwriter.com.au. But anyway, these book maps are awesome. I absolutely love them. You have to go check them out because they are so cool. Now, these are – it's a street map made mm-hmm. up from the titles of over 600 books from the history of English literature and a few – favourites from, you know, further afield. So -hmm. the map, which is loosely based on a turn-of-the-century London street map, so it's just gorgeous, also includes fictional areas dedicated to Thomas Hardy, Virginia Woolf, Tolkien, Harry Potter, plus a children's literature district featuring such classics as The Railway Children, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and where the wild things are. Now, just yeah. check them out because they are just absolutely gorgeous maps. They're done in, you know, an old-fashioned kind of um, uh, graphic and font, and they look like they're, they're maps from the turn of the century. And um, they're the sort of thing that you could – they're of London, and they're the sort of thing that you can mount on your wall. I, I would certainly put – I would frame it and put it on my wall because they're – absolutely you know gorgeous and it's just so cool to be able to look at the map and see things that are so um familiar to you you know whether that's Gorky Park or Mansfield Park or you know Dr Zhivago or or see now you're just rubbing it in (laughs) now you're just rubbing it in yeah, it's so cool. You know, there's the legend of Sleepy Hollow. There's um, <clears throat> Jurassic Park, <laughs> <laughs> an actual park on this map. Love it. So make sure you check it out and enter the competition to win these fantastic book maps. We have two to give away. Uh, uh, entries close on the 12th of June. So you enter writercentercomau slash win. So if you come to that URL in the future, don't worry, there'll be another competition for you to enter. But in the meantime, enter the competition for the book maps, writercentre.com.au slash win. 
Now, let's move on to our listener questions, shall we, Al? We've got a variety here, and I'm sure that even if you didn't ask the question, you'll get something out of it because you can apply it to your own situation. So Madeline has sent us a question and has said, uh, I love listening to So You Want to Be a Writer, and on one of the mini-sodes you talked about genre, which was very helpful. I know in the past you've also talked about whether your work is middle grade or young adult reader, for example. However, I have a question regarding my novel and whether it is too grown up to fall into the young adult category. I've written a fantasy novel and my protagonists are 19 to 21 years old. However, the issues they are experiencing are relatable to the young adult audience, such as falling in love, discovering a secret in someone's past, going on an adventure, etc., However, their ages are too old as young adult protagonists are usually high school age. I did some Googling and found out about new adult, which I'd never heard of before. It's said in the new adult, the protagonists would be 18 to 30, but I don't know whether it's actually a genre that the industry deals in or if people online are just using it to classify books. Or is this a fad term and would it be better just classifying it as adult? Yeah. Mm. There you go. That's me. That's yes. My head is hurting a little bit here, but um, yeah. it's an interesting question, and I think that the age of protagonist thing is something that people get very wound up about. Um, mm. Now, there's a couple of things that are at play here. One is that you've written a fantasy novel, and with mm. fantasy, um, a lot of the general rules don't don't seem to apply um, because it's a fantasy realm, and the rules are different, and the world is different. Uh, you can often get away with things that you can't necessarily get away with. Were you writing a you know a contemporary YA novel? If you were writing a contemporary YA novel, I would say to you that nineteen to twenty one is too old. Um, you might be looking at new adult, but I know that is definitely an online thing. It is not a bookshop thing. Like you know, if you go into your local bookshop and say, "Where's your new adult section?" They will probably raise their eyebrows at you um, because as far as they're concerned, it is a little bit of a fad thing, you know. Um, you might consider that what you've got there, if it was contemporary, would be upper YA. And I have just read um, – I've just actually read a very lovely little um, little book. Uh, I'm just trying to think of what it was called, but it was definitely um, – it was definitely the protagonist, the female protagonist was 17 um, and the males, in the, the sort of the hero or the, the, you know, the love interest was 19. So it was definitely not your average, um, you know, YA novel. But on the other hand, the female protagonist was also in, uh, invisible. Um, so it wasn't your, it was, I I, I wish I could, I'm I'm having a mental blank here, but it was written by Tonya Alexandra and, um, it was a lovely, it was a, came out through Harlequin Teen and it's just a lovely, here we go. I found it. I'm looking for it. And it's called the impossible story of Olive in love. And the thing I really loved about it was that the tagline was love is not blind. Love is being seen because of Mm. course our, our heroine is, uh, is invisible, but it's, um, so, you know, I would have classified that as upper YA and when I did talk about it, I did call it upper YA because it's set in a contemporary time but it's got an invisible heroine. Um, now, you've written fantasy. You're, you're saying that your protagonists are 19 to 21. I think um, – Often, you know, the the classification of an of a of a genre is is put onto the book by an agent or by a publisher as well. Um, I think mm. your your 
as the author, your main duty is to the story and making sure that it all makes perfect sense that, um, as I said, you've got the fantasy realm going on. So, so the actual straightforward rules of why I don't necessarily apply to you from that perspective. Um, so yeah, I would steer away maybe from new adult in just only from the perspective that I, I, I do think it's one of those, um, terms that I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think Val? Uh, it's, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that, um, you're right in that because it's fantasy, it has a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said that if it wasn't fantasy, it's likely to be in the new adult category. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there, there aren't, um, new adult sections in, in many bookshops, I won't be surprised to be honest, if they start coming up, uh, if, if, if there are more books published in this in this demographic or you know mm. that are really really targeted and i think that in say 2 years we'll we'll see i i think that it, don't get hung up about it is the main thing no Alan. and a lot um, of the case with the a lot of the thing with the classification with ya stuff comes down to the level of let's face it sex and language so yes. if you're if you're if yours is a, a, a you know the, a pure fantasy in the sense that it's you know a lot of fantasy stuff i mean you know there's game of thrones fantasy and then there's you know the hobbit and there's not a lot of sex in the hobbit so you know if it's just if it's fall, if it's falling in love as opposed to as opposed to actually you know describing their sex lives, well yeah. then you are, then you are more in YA territory. Sure. So it does come down to the level of sexual content, um, themes. You know, it's not just the age of the protagonist that decides where a book sits in a yeah, classification. Definitely. I think that's probably what I think that's probably where I'm trying to go with this, and it's just taking me a really long time to get there. So sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you find that helpful, Madeline. But I do think that the main thing is is not to get hung up about it and mm. just sort of think. Uh, it, it does. Yours does because you've just mentioned falling in love, discovering a secret in someone's past. Uh, they do sound a little less risque or less mm. controversial, and so mm. maybe just focus on young adult at this stage. But obviously, once you get to a stage where you're approaching an agent or publisher or whatever, let them help guide you. Mm. when when you get to that stage in, in mm. case they feel that it needs to be new adult. Mm. All right, let's move on to a question from David. David has said, hi, Val and Al, your podcast really helps me to keep focused and motivated, which is great to hear. Thank you for putting all the effort into making it each week. I wondered what your thoughts were on self-publishing. <coughs> Excuse me, I beg your pardon. Do you feel that one pl- platform is better than another? If you've read anything like Be the Monkey or Ape, that is author, publisher, entrepreneur, do you agree or disagree with their belief that the traditional publishers are lagging behind the trends? Thanks again for your wisdom and words of the week. Oh, he likes my words of the week. Oh, well, see, so it's from David Cooley, David who likes likes Valerie's words of the week, and therefore, Valerie, I feel that you should answer this question. All right. Well, David, thank you for your email and for liking my words of the week. Um, Fan club of one. Made my day. All right. So um, 
Regarding self-publishing and whether traditional publishers are lagging behind the trends, um, on the whole, actually, I don't think they're lagging behind the trends. But with self-publishing, in answer to your question about whether one platform is better than another, I think the way you choose your platform will depend on where your audience is going to be. So everyone who self-publishes has a different motivation or reason or goal for self-publishing. So for example, uh, the fantasy author who wants to self-publish their fan fiction versus the uh, entrepreneur, because you mentioned that book, eight, author, publisher, entrepreneur, um, the entrepreneur uh, who is an expert in leadership and wants to self-publish a book on, um, you know, how to get to become a chief executive has totally different audiences and totally different goals. So the way you choose your platform is not is one platform better than another. It's where does my particular market sit and which platform would they respond to the best? So uh, it, that's definitely the, um, the, the, the benchmark by which you should decide uh, the actual platform. And in terms of general thoughts on self-publishing, because that's quite a broad question, I think that self-publishing can work if you have a very, very specific goal and you're prepared to be, as the name suggests, a publisher. And by that, I mean, you actually need to work on sales, marketing, distribution, whatever it is. Uh, and, and you need to be enthused about that process, just as enthused about that process as you are about writing. If you are not because, and the reason for that is you will highly likely spend more time on the sales, marketing and distribution than you will on the actual writing if you are going to publish, self-publish successfully. Mm. Uh, it depends, like I said, on 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 with what kind of book you're publishing. If you are uh, self-publishing fiction, uh, it's likely that you want it read by lots of people. Obviously, it's likely you want to make some money from it, you know, so you're probably going to sell the book and and hopefully earn an income, some level of revenue from it. But if you are uh, an entrepreneur who specializes, say, in leadership or a consultant who specializes in leadership, you may well give your book away and Mm. and not care whether you make any money from it at all. A Mm. friend of mine, Victor, he uh, he, the first book he self-published was literally he was at a conference and at the end, he was speaking. At the end of his talk, he, he did not know what possessed him, but he uh, off the cuff said, if any one of you want a copy of my book, just, you know, fill in this sheet of paper or, or give me your business card and I will send it to you in four weeks. He hadn't mm. written the book. Oh. <laughs> he just oh, said that awkward. off the top of his head. So he wow. had four weeks to to write and publish the book. So he was kind of forced into it because of this off the cuff comment that he um that he made. And he wrote one very quickly and he sent it to them, but he realized what a great strategy that was. He's written several books since, has been on all major new out- news outlets in the US as a result of his books. He will publish a book and he'll go to a conference with 200 books. He will give 200 books away, but he knows he will get at least out of those 200 books or that conference, he knows he will get $200,000 clients. So he doesn't mm-hmm. care that he gives the book away. So it depends no. very much on your goal uh, and, 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 and making your decisions based on that goal. 
And I think it's a really, like you've asked a really interesting question here, David, and it is, of course, a massive question because, you know, it comes down to what you're writing. It comes down to who you're writing for. It comes down to what your goals are as far as sales are concerned. I have read Ape, author, publisher, entrepreneur, which is written by Guy Kawasaki. Um, And it's a, you know, it's a really interesting book. And I think it's a book that is, whether you're self-publishing or publishing traditionally, I think the kind of information that people like Guy Kawasaki, like uh, Feg, uh, Peg Fitzpatrick, like mm-hmm. uh, Joanna Penn, uh, um, Joe Conrads, the kinds of th- Hugh Howie, the kinds of information that they're sharing, and the kinds of um, the kinds of suggestions they have, their 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 strategies that people, whether you decide to self-publish or traditionally publish, I think you need to have a look at them. I think you need to understand yes. what's going on out there in self-publishing. If you are publishing traditionally, you are going to have to do a lot of this stuff yourself anyway. So you might as well learn how it's done from people who are willing to share pretty much everything that they know, which I think is incredibly um, uh, generous of them in so many ways. Um, so I, I do think, and I, but you need to, be, like, I think the key to it is author, publisher, entre- entrepreneur. It's that bit of the ape, because if you are self-publishing um, as the author, you are not just the publisher, but you are selling the books as well. You are a business. You are creating yourself a small business, um, which can get larger and larger and larger, depending on, you know, how it goes for you. But um, there, there are three different they are three, three completely different skill sets, and I think it's it's important to understand that you need to be as across all of them. Yeah. You know, you can't just be the author who does a little bit of this on the side, or the entrepreneur who maybe writes a bit. You have to be the person who is bringing that full package um, every day, and it is a lot of work. Um, done well. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the people I've mentioned, the names I've mentioned there, those people are making an enormous amount of money out of it. Um, but, you know, it's that, that situation of how much time do you have to give it? Do you want this to become your life? Because that is what it will be if this is the road that you choose to go down, depending on what your goals are, of course. Um, mm. So, you know, um, as far as traditional publishers lagging behind the trends, I think that traditional publishers um, have become a lot more nimble than they used to be with this kind of stuff. Um, I think that obviously they are much bigger businesses and they have more overheads. The, t- mm. the time factor is what traditional publishers probably struggle with more than anything. If you self-publish something, you can be putting a new book up every three months if you want to be, which yeah. then gives you that sort of ongoing, um, you know, there's more there for people to buy. You've got to ask mm. yourself about quality versus quantity. Um, but, of course, with the overheads and the kind of production processes that traditional publishers have in place, they can't, you know, they're not going to be turning, uh, putting out your books that often. So, you know, it's, it's like, well, how often do you want to have a book coming out? Because if you want them to be, you know, coming out every three months, so chances are you are going to need to self-publish. Um, mm. So, you know, there's a whole lot of factors to consider when you're making a decision as to whether or not you're going to self-publish your book. And it's not just a matter of, I can do this really easily and whack my book up on Amazon, um, there's a lot more at play here than simply being, you know, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should, um, is it the right thing for you to do? And I think the only way that you can know that is to do an enormous amount of research before you do anything. 
And in fact, check out the course, uh, which is an online on-demand course at the um, Australian Writers' Centre on mm. how to self-publish. Absolutely. So uh, it is fantastic. It goes through a step-by-step process. Right from the start, it asks you what your goal is because all of your decisions are then going to be based on that exact goal. So it's mm. called Successful Self-Publishing and it even takes you through screenshots on exactly what you need to do if you want to upload your book onto Amazon. Um, It talks about uh, the standardized international file formats that you need, all the elements that you need so that your book looks like a professional book and not like a self-published book. So Mm. um, yeah, check that out. It's called Successful Self-Publishing and find it at writercenter.com.au. And the other thing to consider there too is that if you are going to self-publish, you have to have an, uh, you, you cannot not have an author platform. You have to oh, be there. Absolutely. Because no one will ever find, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. and if, if you if you want to just sell five copies to your mum and dad and your brother and sister, fine. Um, but if you want to get beyond that, you've really got to think about your strategy as far as how are people going to find your book and how are they going to find you, which means that, you know, you need, if you don't already have a platform in place, you need to start today. Definitely. And of course, you can find out more about exactly how you can build your author platform by checking out Al's course called How to Build Your Author Platform. Mm. So just go to writercenter.com.au slash platform. And I will put a link in the show notes to those uh, authors that I mentioned who have a lot of information on self-publishing in case you haven't come across those. I'll put links to all their websites in the show notes. That'd be great. All right, let's move on to our next question. And our next question is from Elisa. Now, Elisa has said, 2017 has been a busy start, one book out, another on the way, and a career change in action. Terrifying but exhilarating. Yes, goodness. I have a question about author branding that I can't seem to get answered. I'm hoping the expertise at AWC can shed some light on my problem. Could you consider this a question to the editor? Well, it's a question to the podcast hosts, isn't it? Um, I have three books out, one ebook and two hard copies. Writing them was a fantastic challenge. I don't have any problems with motivation or finishing a project, but I am at a complete loss regarding author branding because my books are wildly different. So one book is Gardening 101 is a book about soil management for gardeners. I'm a soil scientist and the book addresses the questions I received weekly at work. The second book, Hatch and Dispatch, Tales and Advice from a Midwife is co-authored with a midwife. It provides advice to expecting mums told through stories from 35 years in the delivery suite. And The Clever Fish is an illustrated Dr. Seuss-style book about a fish that climbs a tree, but but near the top has a decision crisis. Keep going or go back down. The only thing between the three is that they're written by me. Do you have any advice for other writers like myself who aren't topic-specific? How do we talk about our work without confusing our audience? I can't find any advice to this specific problem. Okay, well, that's that's a... Great question, isn't it, Al? How are you going to answer that, Val? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because my, my first question when I read that is, okay, what's your next book going to be? Because yes. are you going to stay in children's book land with the clever fish kind of stuff or are you going to stick? Because the other two are essentially nonfiction. Like they're two yeah. different subjects but they are, you know, basically nonfiction books. So are you going to do more nonfiction or are you going to go, you know, down this path of doing uh, picture books and, and things like that? Because um, 
you know, I, I have had this this experience in the past myself in the sense that, you know, the first few books that I had published were nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was working as a freelance writer. So, you know, I was blogging and, and obviously, like I was talking a lot about the various things that I was working on and they were all nonfiction things. And then suddenly I'm writing fiction and children's fiction at that. So, you know, I have, I do understand the experience of this, but my my situation with that was always that once I was writing children's fiction, that's what I wanted to do. That's where yeah. I was going to go. And so I started to, you know, organically, because this is an organic process um, mm. with my with my stuff, was to organically move more and more in the direction of changing things, tweaking things as I went until, you know, if you go to my website now, you are in no, no under no question that it, I am a children's author. That is what I do. So I think um, – that's mm. got to be my my why my question would be what is your next book going to be because at some point um, as a writer you do need to make a decision about yeah. what you really want to focus on I think yeah and I think it's okay for you to take time to come to that decision so oh, you might absolutely. take the next two years trying out lots of different genres until you land on the one that really is a great that's fit really for you. working for you yeah and, and that's okay so you don't have to like decide right now no <laughs> but not today. about but Alison is right. At some point, you will evolve into a particular niche, and so and it might be nonfiction, like you know the soil book, or it might be a uh, uh, children's fiction or, or or you know picture book, which is fine. I would suggest that in the meantime, while you've got such crazily diverse <laughs> um, books, just embrace that you're a multi-genre writer and mm. just say I'm a multi-genre writer and mm. your website can reflect that and feature all of your books mm. I would suggest that if you'd subsequently then do another picture book like another Dr. Sue style book you actually break that off and you have a separate site for children so a separate site that's just about your children's books your your main site can talk about your adult books and your children's books because you are a multi-genre uh, author, but most people who are looking for children's books, and um, you know, uh, are just going to look for children's books. They don't want to look about s- soil <laughs> or, or whatever. So mm. at some point, if you do do more of the uh, children's books, either have a separate, and you want to continue with the nonfiction as well, like you may want to continue for a period to be a multi-genre author. Then I would suggest splitting it out. But uh, if you end up doing just children's books, then, you know, um, then just focus on that in the same way that Al's website has evolved to, to focus more on, on children's books. So in the meantime, yeah, be a multi-genre author. But the other thing is, and I've just, you know, Googled Elisa and found her website, which is actually a really lovely uh, website. I do think that you need your About tab somewhere up the top. Elisa, just to help me find it because I'm scrolling around before I get to it. Um, but, you know, you're a scientist. So the thing that comes through from that for me is that the I'm assuming that your children's book also has, you know, I know, I know it's decisions and things like that, but is there a science element to that as well? Because the other two clearly have a science element to them in a way, um, even Hatch and Dispatch. Um, so is that your thing? You know, do you actually bring that science aspect out? Like you're writing science for children and adults. Like it's yeah, a kind of a cool, cool thing. And, and in which case you do have a focal point. 
Um, but it's up to you. I think you, you need to basically, you need to go through the exercises of building your author platform. And one of those exercises is to sit down and and you've got to work out your brand. You've got to work out who you are. You've got to write the words, you know, think about all the things that come together when you do your, when you do your writing, the whole mind mapping exercise, you know, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? What do you want to be known for? Is it, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I reckon, writing science for children and adults is actually a really cool thing. So maybe you need to actually think about that. Is, is that coming through in all of the things that you're that you're writing? Is that something that you can hang your brand on? And I think that that's um, when, you've, when you're coming up with any brand, you, you've got to sort of be thinking about what, what is it? How do I want to present myself and my writing to the world? What do I want to be you know, how do I want people to to remember it? Um, and it, it is a it's almost a matter of writing that tagline so that you've got something that is memorably there for people to remember. There's a lot of yes. remembers in that, but you know what I'm saying, right? You know where and I'm going now, with this. And also I strongly suggest because I've now clicked on the link for the clever fish. Uh, and I'm s I've I've read it and I'm not clear whether it is a book for adults or children or whether it's some kind of – I know that it's illustrated, but uh, it's not clear to me whether it's a children's book or whether it's some kind of allegory. For allegory, adults. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you need to be clear this is a book for adults or this is a book for children kind of thing because it looks on the cover like a children's book, but – um, I'm wondering whether it is because then some of the uh, description says um, everyone makes choices, you know, sometimes you make uh, – everyone makes their career choice at some stage, mm. <laughs> and, which then makes me think – Well, it actually, it is an allegory. Yeah, maybe it is actually more of a – like a gift book kind of thing for mm. – for uh, yeah. But it's not clear is my point. No, your and point is right. You're you, right. You need to make it clear so that people uh, know what they're getting and um, it, it's just better positioning for you for for your own, for the branding for the book and also for the branding for yourself as an author. It needs to be super clear from the start. And if you'd like to have a look at what we're talking about, you can visit elisabryce.com.au, B-R-Y-C-E. Yeah, 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 a nice looking site. Yeah, mm. so well done on that, Elisa. Hopefully, we've um, helped a little bit with your with your question. All right, so uh, that brings us to almost to the end of our mini sode. Al, we're doing short and sharp this week, aren't we? We but are. We'll be back we are. To our regular programming next week. What are you up to? Uh, Until what am we I chat up to? again. Yeah. I, gosh, I don't know. I think I'm writing things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I'm doing. <laughs> there, there, let's let's just say there will be writing in my future at some point. Yes. Um, other than that, I, I'm not exactly sure. What are you doing? You, well, you, you've always got a plan. What are you doing? Inspired by you, remember, oh. and also inspired by uh, last episode's writer-in-residence, Lauren Child, who writes about a code-cracking uh, oh, young that's girl. that's right. Yes. Uh, and inspired by you because the Adaban Cipher is coming out, um, which is about the medieval book written in code, mm. I will be developing my own code to incorporate <laughs> in the piece of art that I mentioned last episode. Okay. So well, it's not easy, I tell you. No, it's I've got not an easy. Excel spreadsheet happening. There are many an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Why is that funny? Because you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, there's yeah, there's macros happening. It's all it's not. But it, don't get me wrong, people will still be able to crack it. But you know, I just need to make sure it's robust and proper. Mm. Yes, okay. you so do. So anyway, so I'll be doing a different kind of writing. Uh, anyway, where do we find you online, Al? You will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. Um, you'll find me on Twitter at, at Altait, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on, where am I? Facebook and Instagram at Writer. Awesome. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and feel free to connect with me on Facebook. I'm the Valerie Koo that lives in Sydney. And, of course, all of our show notes and uh, the listener questions we've just mentioned, you can find at soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.